Um, moving into events, there's not a whole lot going on, um, and that's probably because you know we have spring break next week. Hall of freaking Luya! I'm so excited. I'm ready for a much needed break for me. I leave for Hawaii in two days, and I am so stoked. And then I get to go to Vegas to do some media coverage for the Mountain West tournament for basketball. So. Hopefully, um, our Aggies can do really well. And if you have nothing to do over the break, head down to Vegas and go see them play. It'll be it'll be good. But um, other events before spring break today, there's a women's climb night at the Arc, and that's going to be from seven to eleven p.m. And then on Thursday, you can meet Mayor Danes um, on the third floor of the TSC from twelve thirty to one thirty p.m. And they're going to be offering free food. It's just kind of to get to know local government, get to meet the mayor of Logan. She's really cool. I've done a couple of interviews with her, and she's always been a really nice, really professional. So um, if you've ever, you know, wanted to meet the mayor, now's your chance. Go, go check it out. Um, all right, so that was kind of a quick sports and events this week, but that's okay because we do have a guest this week, actually a returning guest, and I'll introduce him in a second. Okay, so the guest this week is one of my friends, um, Aaron Albrickson. He's actually been on the show before, um, I think before Christmas break. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Um, Before Christmas break, and we kind of had a Christmas episode. And this week in, well, I guess it wasn't in the paper, but online, um, Barack Marchant wrote an article about kind of the huge blood shortage that's going on right now like throughout the country and Aaron actually hosted a blood drive um on the 21st so however long ago that was I don't know over a week ago um he hosted a blood drive and um Brock's article kind of mentions the blood drive and talks about it so I'm having Aaron as a guest today just to kind of Tell us about that. Talk about the national blood shortage, um, stuff like that. But first, I'll go ahead and let Aaron introduce himself again. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's great to be back on the show. I um, just want to give a shout out to Anne. Hopefully, uh, you're having a good one, good day. Um, but yeah, thanks again for having me back on the show. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so we'll get into kind of the topic, not shout outs. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> Um, so for starters, what kind of gave you the idea? Like what made you want to lead and kind of start a blood drive? Um, well, all started in my leadership class. Um, cause we all have to do like a leadership project where we do something that, um, holds value to us, um, and try and make a difference in, you know, the world. And one of the first things that stood out to me was, I, I remember an experience I had with my dad. Um, he had just gotten back from donating blood. And um, I had asked him, I'm like, hey, so um, why do you choose to do this? And, you know, he sat me down and he was like, you know, anytime there's an opportunity to help people, we should always take it. Um, and then he also told me that he happens to have O negative blood, which is the universal blood type. So, um, you know, he was just saying, you know, I, I feel like I've been blessed with this, you know, opportunity to help people. And he feels like his it's his responsibility and obligation. So that just kind of, you know, sparked the idea. Yeah. So it was for a project, but your dad kind of inspired how you went about the project. Yeah, exactly. 
yeah that makes sense um and i've always kind of like heard of blood drives like i feel like there's actually a lot going on so i feel like i'm kind of surprised at the blood shortage i guess just because i mean usu alone i feel like i can go on the american red cross website and there's like constantly blood drives so um how would you say that your blood drive went like was it successful did a lot of people show up how did it go yeah it was super successful um we had so many people so it's kind of unfortunate um I was able actually able to have a conversation with um, the Red Cross uh, worker, and they had mentioned that it's not a lack of donors, but it's actually a lack of staff. Um, and that's something that we um, also experienced during my blood drive. Um, we had so many people that we actually had to turn away a lot of the walk-ins um, just because, you know, the workers were just, you know, constantly, you know, working and working and working. And, you know, they have certain hours that they work every day. Um, and, you know, they can't go over that. So we had to turn away a bunch of people, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I went and donated blood, too, at this blood drive. And I, I mean, talking to Aaron about it beforehand, he was like, okay, we can't do walk-ins, so make sure you do an appointment. And so I'm like, okay, so scheduled an appointment and showed up. And Aaron was kind of telling me about how he was turning away all of these walk-ins. And I was like, that is so stupid. Like, why wouldn't you accept these people in this, like, huge crisis of a blood shortage and it didn't really make sense to me and I was like annoyed and I when I was getting my blood drawn or whatever I was talking to the worker lady about it and she's like yeah it's really not lack of blood drives lack of people just kind of what Aaron was saying like it's it's staff and I don't know how do you how do you think that you solve that problem I don't know but um, I guess keep doing blood drives I mean the more blood drives the more blood so um, I mean, you can only do your best. Um, and that kind of leads into my next part a little bit. Aaron, have you donated blood before? I actually never donated blood before personally. Um, I was actually, I was planning on doing it, um, on that Monday, but we just had so many people that they didn't even have space for me. So I was like, okay, I'll just continue working and helping out here. Um, I have donated plasma before, um, which, you know, I feel like it's pretty similar, if not, you know, pretty much the same thing. So. Okay. Yeah. I have not donated plasma, um, but I, I mean, I donated blood for the first time at Aaron's blood drive and I was actually terrified. Um, I really don't like needles. Like a lot of people don't. Um, I just get like super anxious about it. I don't know. I think that I work myself up for no reason, but I've tried to donate plasma before because, well, I didn't do it voluntarily. I like had gotten two speeding tickets once and needed a way to pay for it. So I was like, all right, plasma. And so I went in and they told me I went in like two or three times and every single time they were like, we, you can't donate plasma. Your veins are way too small. And I, I was always so frustrated because they're like, just drink more water or like do some pushups in the parking lot before you came in. And like, I remember one day I only drank water, like so much water, the most water I've ever drinking in my life, went to the gym right beforehand and still my veins were too small. So I just know that I can't donate plasma. And so I was kind of worried about donating blood because I was like, um, this is going to suck. Like if my veins are too small or they're small so that they'll mess it up somehow. I don't know. So I was nervous about that too. So I think that contributed to me being super anxious, but I was actually able to donate and it wasn't that bad. Okay. <laughs> you guys should have seen her. My gosh. No, when I think like when I think back, like <laughs> it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. I actually got super anxious because like beforehand they do like a small physical or whatever. 
and um they have to prick your finger which nobody told me i didn't know and i got anxious about them pricking my finger and so i don't know i think i just worked myself up but once i got in the chair she was like okay well i didn't eat anything and i had told her that and she's like okay well you have to eat food and so she brought me like chips ahoy and cheese it's and apple juice and made me eat and drink that beforehand and then um she's like okay go to your happy place and i'm like oh my gosh so i like turn away and i'm like kind of shaking just like anxious i don't i don't know why like i really don't it's really not everyone just know that she did not find her happy place I was trying. I was trying really hard. But I was, like, looking all around. My eyes started to water, and I was, like, shaking. She's like, um, do you need, like, your friends to come and talk to you? And I was like, yes, please. So she went and got Aaron and one of our other friends, and they came over and talked to me. And, yeah, and she, like, covered my arm with a towel. So she was actually so nice about it. And it turned out fine, and I got to donate blood. And I found out what my blood type is. I didn't actually know that beforehand. What is it? It's A positive. Ooh. Do you know your blood type? I don't. Um, I'm, I was actually hoping to also figure that out. Um, I was, I'm curious if I'm like my dad. Well, you just you got to donate blood. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I'm slacking. <laughs> I need to get out there. <laughs> um, so kind of explain what your role was at the blood drive. What did you do since, you know, you didn't donate blood? Right. Um, well, I'm not a trained expert or anything like that. So honestly, all I really did was help them carry all their gear in and just kind of you know set up a little bit um set up a bunch of tables um and chairs and then ultimately throughout the um how long was the blood drive about seven hours six or seven hours um i was just scanning people in um you know checking that they had an appointment you know talking them through the process and then honestly just putting them you know in the system to wait for um, one of the employees to call them up to um be ready to donate Right. Um, and that's cool. Do you feel like that you made a difference with this blood drive? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I feel like, I don't know, I just I just felt good after it. So, yeah. Um, and I know that it's not a like common thing to hear like students like kind of taking charge of a blood drive um, because most it's like American Red Cross and like these trained professionals. So how did you go about even... I don't know, like you had the idea from your dad, but how did you know what steps to take to actually make it happen? So I just went onto the American Red Cross website, and there's honestly, there's literally just a button that just says host a blood drive. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I found the um, email of one of the regional guys. Um, his name's Tim Schwinn, um, which kind of funny story. So I work over at the Marriott, and he happened to stay at the Marriott the night before that I had emailed him. And, like, we ran into each other in the in the elevator. We talked. We didn't put it together that, like, I was the one that emailed him. Um, but he, like, told me in the elevator. He's like, yeah, I work for the Red Cross. I'm like, that is so odd. I'm like, what are the odds? Um, but he responded to my email that night, and we set up an appointment the next day. And I met up with him. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> we talked yesterday in the elevator. And he's like, what a small world. But, yeah, I just got in touch with him. And then he uh, kind of mentioned to me that, you know, they had a blood drive coming up um, that he was willing to, you know, give to me um, and let me kind of host it and run it. I was like, okay, perfect. That sounds amazing. So that's kind of how it went. Yeah, that's actually cool. I remember Aaron telling me that story, and it was kind of crazy. Super small world. Um, so how much preparation did you do beforehand? Um, a decent amount. I was 
texting and emailing and calling pretty much everyone that I knew here in Logan just to see if they were able to donate or if they wanted to come and support by helping set up or whatnot. Um, I also spent a, a good amount of time. So we hosted the blood drive at the church. So I had to spend a little bit of time talking with a couple of the church leaders um, and getting the you know some flyers that they had made, handing those out, um, and then just overall just, you know, like I said before, the setup and everything. Yeah, cool. Um, and just kind of to wrap up a little bit, would you encourage others to donate blood? I, I know, I know, I'm a hypocrite because I haven't donated myself, um, but I'd say yes, um, because you know they had mentioned at the blood drive that you know every donation can save up to three lives. Um, and, you know, I think if we have the opportunity to help people, especially save their lives, um, you know, we absolutely should do it. Um, so I look forward to the next blood drive that's in my life. Um, as you know, I know I'll be out there donating as well. Yeah, cool. And I, I mean, as a journalist, I'm kind of used to asking a lot of questions. And so as I was getting my blood drawn, whatever taken, um, I was like asking the lady about the huge blood shortage and like if she would encourage, I mean, I'm sure she would encourage others to donate working for the Red Cross, but I just kind of like started a conversation about it. And I literally was just like, so blood shortage and she just like went off for like three minutes on how important it is and how she like strongly is like hoping that everyone will come donate and that more people will be able to help post blood drives and all this stuff so it is really important um but thank you so much aaron for being a guest today and kind of sharing how your blood drive went yeah of course thanks for having me um shout out to ann one more time you have a good one gosh speaking of Anne, so Anne is my mom and um speaking of her i actually had her also do kind of send me a video of her talking about this national blood shortage and that's because she works in a hospital she sees what this blood does like this blood shortage is causing them to like cancel surgeries and it like blood really does save lives and so i'm gonna bring more of that perspective into it with her interview, and I think that at the beginning of this interview, she um, kind of introduces herself a little bit. So I'll just go ahead and play this clip for you, and hopefully, it gives you more context and more insight to the consequences of not having blood. Hi, I'm Anne Marie Zazula. I've been a respiratory therapist for about 23 years. Um, 20 years of that was at University of Utah Hospital, and then now I'm over at uh, the Salt Lake VA. And um, the question about um, why people should be very concerned about the blood shortage right now um, and how it's affecting the medical treatment and medical community. Uh, this blood shortage that we're experiencing right now is... Um, one of the worst blood crises in the last decade. And it's um, partially due to the Omicron uh, COVID variant. Um, because of COVID causing blood clots and all kinds of issues um, with platelets and, and blood, um, it's created a blood shortage. And um, having people be willing to donate blood is crucial um, at this time and um, it's totally affecting our medical care. So we are turning down multiple people um, for surgeries, especially elective surgeries. Um, 
that could require blood transfusions because there is no blood available. So um, these patients aren't able to get the surgeries that they need. And another uh, medical population that is being highly affected by the blood shortage is um, cancer patients, um, particularly bone marrow um, cancer uh, patients that um, often need blood transfusions after chemotherapy or part of their treatment. Um, this um, blood shortage is totally affecting their uh, cancer treatment plan and care. So yes, people should be very aware and very concerned about this blood shortage. So any people willing to donate blood um, and participate in blood drives would be amazing and awesome if you're willing to do that um, to help support the people around us and community so that we can go forward with um, operations and necessary surgeries and to help um, our cancer patients. Yeah, so that was the video of my mom. Um, I think she does a really good job of explaining it and giving it context. And I think that all of that information is really important for us to understand. When I first watched the video, she talked about stuff that I had never even heard of or considered. Um, so it is important. So definitely donate blood if you can. If I can do it and overcome my fear of needles, so can you. So I encourage all of you to do that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and highlight some other stories that are in the Statesman this week, especially since we have our second round of elections that started yesterday. I'm sure, I, I mean, if you're walking around campus, I guarantee you've noticed that. Literally walking around campus yesterday, I was like, okay, what route can I take that people are not going to stop me 50 times asking, how's it going? And trying to get me to vote for people. Um so they're all over. I mean, I they put so like I have to admire their hard work, like standing out there in the cold, talking to people who honestly probably don't want to be talked to after already dealing with one round of elections of people doing that. So I admire their hard work and I know that it's a lot of effort and it's exhausting. And um, so I do applaud them for that. Um, and in this week's Statesman, we have candidate profiles of all the people running for the different positions. So we have um, a candidate profile for um, the guy running for Logan VP. We have candidate profiles for the two candidates running for Logan Athletics and Campus Recreation. We have candidate profiles for people running for um, student events, for diversity and organization. Um, so make sure you go and check those out. I think that it's really good that we provide these in the Statesman because it's not just voting off of who looks the best in their picture, right? Like, educate yourself, um, know who you're voting for, pick someone who, you know, you agree with their platform, you truly want them to win. Um, that's why we do these profiles, so that you can get to know them and really understand who you're voting for, um, get kind of more of an inside look. Also, there's an, like an elections insert in this week's edition, which I think is super helpful because not only do you get to kind of know who the people are that are running and their platform, but you can see people running for positions from other campuses as well, like Blanding and Brigham City and Tooele and Moab and Eastern and you can get to know candidates from all the campuses which is so cool and so great and you can also see how much money that they get like what their scholarship is like if they win 
Um, so it's like really good, important information. Make sure to go check it out. Also, something that is special in this week's edition is Beauty and the Beast. So our awesome lifestyles content manager, Emily White, had this awesome idea because um, they're putting on a production of Beauty and the Beast like as a play. And so she had the idea to have her writers kind of do a profile on each of the people um, who are playing these main parts in the play. And so there's a lot of those profiles as well. So this edition is a great way to, you know, get to know people um, from campus and the local community. And there's some cool stories in here. Like I was reading a lot of them. And one, like the lady who's playing Mrs. Potts in the play was like literally Olivia Rodrigo's vocal coach at one point. So really, really cool. Um, lots of fun stuff. So make sure to go check that out. Um, really, really good stuff. Um, and there's some opinion pieces in there. Um, one is about how USUSA needs more diversity of opinions. And that kind of goes um, along with elections pretty well, too. Um, got a sports article on Justin Bean. Um, really cool. Has interviews from his family, from his wife. Um, gets a lot of different perspectives. Kind of the rise of Bean is what the article is called. So make sure to check that out. Lots of really, really great um, content that I I just love. I look forward to the Statesman every week. And I hope that you guys do too. Um, and moving on into kind of the Logan news, Logan segment. Um I guess this is kind of Logan, kind of, I mean, it's USU too, but, um, well, Governor Spencer Cox, um, well, actually a few students went up to Salt Lake to the Capitol last week and Governor Cox signed a paper and officially declared Aggie Ice Cream Day on June 21st. So mark that on your calendars on June 21st. It is officially Aggie Ice Cream Day. Go get some Aggie ice cream. I mean... Any day is a good day for Aggie ice cream. But, I mean, in the summer, June 21st, sounds really good to me. Um, Another kind of Logan, more Logan um, news is a couple weeks ago, um, a high school in Logan had an early graduation for a terminally ill student. Um, I mean, reading it, I was, like, tearing up. It was the coolest thing. Um, This kid was, like, wanting to graduate and um but is probably not going to make it that long and so they held a ceremony in his honor and it was personalized just to him his parents were there and a bunch of people got to speak and he got to hear all of these great things that these people had to say about him so it's feel good stories like that that you just know that people there are still amazing good people out there and it just makes you feel so good so i wanted to just share that a little bit um and then we'll go ahead and end with our last segment headliners Okay, so I actually only have one headliner for this week. Not a ton of odd news happening, you know, for some reason. I don't know. But um, so the um, title reads, quote, A carnival cruise passenger jumped overboard off the coast of Louisiana and still has not been found, end quote. So I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory, self-explanatory, but that just seems nuts to me. So I've been on five cruises um, so far in my life, and I mean, I I would always look over the edge and wonder, like, I wonder what it would be like if I just jumped off right now or, like, if someone fell off, like, what would happen? And so reading this, I was like, oh, my gosh, it really happened. 
And it was kind of funny because my roommate was on a cruise at the time that I found this. So I was like, oh my gosh, it's my roommate. But obviously, obviously not. But um, it, it, I mean, the article, reading the article, it explains that this passenger like jumped off the boat on purpose. Um, obviously, they don't know why because they haven't actually found her yet, which is super scary. But um, said that she went missing like 150 miles off the coast of Louisiana. Um, they had the U.S. Coast Guard out trying to find her. She was 32 years old. Um, yeah, I I mean, I don't know why. But they still haven't found her, which is super scary. So just make sure, you know, if you go on a cruise, <laughs> stay on the ship <laughs> and try not to accidentally fall off because that sounds super scary. Um, anyway, that concludes this week's show. Um, there won't be a show next Tuesday because of spring break. Heck yeah, I will be in Hawaii. But uh, make sure to tune into my show in two weeks on Tuesday at 10 a.m. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a good day.